Just because someone's a good friend doesn't mean they're a good real estate agent. Today, discover why it's more important than ever to work with an experienced real estate agent. Find out when you should start looking and learn how to choose the right one for your unique situation, whether you're a buyer or a seller. Whether you're buying your dream property or selling a million-dollar home, why not get the highest price and the best advice? This is Luxury Real Estate Talk, the art and business of buying and selling high-end homes with stories and insider knowledge from top luxury agents nationwide and around the globe. Here's our host, Rob Jensen. This is Episode 20 with Scott Oreck, a Coronado, California-based realtor with over 30 years of diverse real estate experience. So good afternoon, Scott. So tell me a little bit about where you're from, where you practice real estate. Well, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, but uh, fortunately, I went broke back in 1986 and decided to come stumble out here to California. I don't my tail much more legs, so I had a client who offered me a job down in Mexico. And I came out here to work for him on a project in Mexico called Real de Marley. He was developing for some retired seniors. And that time, I stumbled into a little town called Coronado, California. And it's a little island right across the, from the downtown in San Diego. It's about 25,000 people. It's kind of a little Mayberry environment with uh, a beautiful, beautiful beach. Probably the, the Dr. Beach is rated at the top beach in the in the U.S. And you know, the nicest look to me is there's golf and yacht club and tennis. And it's like living in a resort. It's like living in a resort. So I stumbled into here. And after working down in Mexico for about a year, I didn't really enjoy working in Mexico as much as uh, I thought I might and miss being off the island all day. I figured a way to get involved in real estate here. We bought a house. We first bought the first house we bought. We turned around and flipped it and made a pretty good amount of money on doing that. And put another option on another property and flipped that. And I started looking at this residential real estate a little more seriously here on the island and got, got started, set up a brokerage. A couple of years after I got out here, it was called Sun Isle Realty. And after about you know, 20 years of running Sun Isle Realty and selling most of the real high-end properties here on the island, I merged it into a Sotheby's office with some guys, uh, a guy named Brian Arrington, who got the Sotheby's franchise for San Diego area. Gone on and had a 30-plus year, you know, 10-year selling homes here on the island in Coronado. And it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure to work with the people I get to work with. And a lot of fun and a lot of money and had a great time doing it. So that's about how I got here today. Fantastic. So what's life like at Coronado on the island? Well, first off, everybody talks about the weather here. I mean, this is, it's it's better. San Diego is known for its great weather and Coronado is probably, you know, 10 degrees cooler in the summer and 10 degrees warmer in the winter. We're surrounded by water and it's a pretty special place, the, the climate here, the little microclimate on the island. But on top of that, it's the people. If you remember the show Andy Griffith or the town Mayberry, Coronado's like they stopped the clock maybe back in the 50s. It's, you know, got a little diners and little restaurants. And, and more than that, everybody kind of knows everybody and looks after everybody's business. That's a little good and bad, but uh, it's kind of close quarters. It's a small, small island with, there's about 4,000 homes and condos in the village itself. And there's another little area just down the strand. It's on a spit of land that's uh, called the Silver Strand. And right next to the world-famous Hotel Del Coronado is a, a development called the Coronado Shores, which are 10 high-rise buildings totaling about 1,500 units. The beautiful high-rises right on the beach with pools and tennis courts and their own workout facilities and things. We sell those units in the shores, and they range from, you know, maybe seven, 800000 to 
the most expensive one I sold, the most expensive one I ever sold, there was five and a half million or five and a quarter million. So they, it's a really nice environment looking right on the beach. And then as you go down the strand a little further, we have a place called the Coronado Cays, and there are about 1,200 units uh, down there of, of homes and condos that are waterfront where people can pull their boats up and park them right behind their house. So it's a kind of a resort feel for people who have yachts or sailboats and want to get access to San Diego Bay and then out to the to the Pacific as well. So, but it's a it's kind of a threefold little community with the village, which has got the shops and the restaurants, and again the Hotel Dell, another Victor Marriott here, and some great restaurants and uh, a nice place, great schools, kind of a hometown kind of place. The shores, which are the high rise, uh, a lot of second homeowners from all over the world. And then the Ks, which are mostly people who really appreciate the ability to have their boat right out on the water and get yachting and sailing and so forth. So, so that's what got me out here and love, fell in love living here and fell in love with the people and was fortunate to be able to raise my son here. And he's 33 now and came here when he was one year old. And my wife and I have just you know, enjoyed getting grow up here. Sounds like a fantastic place. So what's the real estate market like out there right now? You know, it's it's been a strong market in the sense that it hasn't fallen over the last couple of years. Other parts of San Diego have started to wane a little bit. We had a, you know, everybody knew about, we had the kind of big run up to 2006 or seven here in California. It's pretty much across the country. Until you had 2008, we had a big bust or everything started going backwards. In Coronado, it started going backwards, falling a little slower than the rest of San Diego County. Because again, we have such a limited limited amount of, of supply, but it did go back. It backed up maybe 25, sometimes 30% in some places. And then uh, it went down to 2008, 9, 10, 11. 2011 is where we kind of bottomed out. And after 2011, the market started creeping back up and it was consistent every year, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Every year was a little better, a little more sales, a little higher per square foot price, a little higher average prices, 17 is kind of when we got back to where we were in 2007 or six. So we kind of did this big cycle and it was a 10 year cycle. And 18 kind of did about the same or maybe started falling a little bit from 17, but held its own. And 19 was about a, a, a virtual replication of, of uh, 18. We had about the same amount of sales. It's, again, it's not a huge market. We, I just looked, we sold 290 homes this year, homes and condos in Coronado. So. It totaled about 500 million in total gross sales, and that's what we did in 18 as well. So it's you know it's been a solid, steady market. It's again a lot of people come here and buy things uh, because they just want to own a piece of the island and know there's not going to be more of it. So uh, they even buy it in a down market as well. So so yeah, so it sounds relatively balanced. Not the prices are charging upwards or really downwards. It just seems that's been the case over the last uh, maybe year and a half, two years. Yeah, we got we got back to where we were. 17, but we've had a, a relatively maintained a relatively low inventory. So there is still a fair amount of market activity. And, uh, you know, our average sales prices are up north of $2 million. So it's not an inexpensive place for people to come by. It's uh, in the two, two range is what the average sales price here is for Coronado. So it's not, not cheap. It's, you know, an average closer between $900 and $1,000 a square foot. So it's, uh, it's expensive because it's, special and uh so but it, it has been able to kind of outperform some of the other high-end markets from rancho santa fe and san diego and, and san diego and la jolla and del mar's done really well too because it's right on the beach and a real uh desirable community as well so 
consumers obviously have a lot of options out there these days when they're shopping for real estate. They've got all kinds of websites they can go to. They've, they know friends in the business. They get stuff in the mail. So when it comes to finding an agent to help you buy or sell, what do you recommend people do? People want to know because they've gotten an education. They don't want to go and have to depend on somebody to tell them what the best deal is. They want to really be educated. So, you know, I think you find in the industry, there's a lot of people like myself who are originally going to be teachers. I was going to be a coach, you know, and going to coaching, you know, 40 years ago. But uh, instead, I went into the, the real estate development end of it. But, uh, but people really want to learn that information and know it. So what they really need is the ability to have someone help bring them to the last, to the next level. You know, 30 years ago, the you know, client consumer needed a realtor just to tell them what was out there on the market. And they didn't have access to the MLS or they didn't really have a good, you know, a basis or find a way of finding everything there was to, to either sell or to buy. And uh, so there wasn't the ability for them to get the education of what's on the market and the information on what everything sold for wasn't readily available to the consumer. Now with, uh, you know, Zillow and Trillion.com and all the other websites that are out there that provide basically some of that same information that we have access to because it's fed through our MLSs. The consumer has that information. So the consumer's got a way, way better grasp of what's going on. It's good for me in the sense that you don't have to bring the client up to ground from kindergarten, you know, to, to bring them up now, starting in high school or, or maybe even a freshman in college or something. So it's the education that the clients I work with now have are much greater than they were a long time ago. And uh, it's getting more and more that way. But I still believe that it's real critical to have a, a broker that both knows not just what's on the market, but what's coming on the market or what might be on the market that was on before or, or just in, in, you know, being around people calling and getting ready to list things. They tell you what's, what they're thinking and, you know, I put a lot of deals together that happen, you know, kind of uh, concurrently with the persons who are starting to on the market. I've got somebody that I've been working with that we bring into the table and make the deal that way too. So, and it's also in the little market like we're in, in California where we have all the restrictions and zoning and, the city determines what you can and can't do with your property. And we have historical uh, designations and limitations on what you can do with a historical property. And there's a ton of variables, different zones on how dense or how much square footage and the percentage of what you can build on a lot for each property and how high it can be. And all those things for, for someone not to be able to know all that leaves them at a, a disadvantage because it is an advantage of all that information to know what you can do with a property and what it might be improved to be in terms of value and whether it'll meet your needs if you want to expand it or not and all those other things. So that's why you need, I think, people need a broker now that's that's knowledgeable of the market, of the inventory, but more importantly, knowledgeable about what can be done with the inventory and the, and the property that they may, that may work for them. So that's yeah. what we've kind of learned to do. And I, I think that separated me a little bit from the pack in that I've been a developer. I've built you know, a handful of homes. I've got four homes from scratch and they developed, redeveloped or remodeled another dozen. I'm living in my 17th home now. So it's something I had to do along the way. And it, and it was something that now proves well to help my clients as well. Well, and, and one of the things to just add to the selection process of whether you're a consumer looking to find an agent as a quote buyer's agent or you're a homeowner looking to find a listing agent to sell your house. I'm always just a fan of starting the communication sooner than later. Because for example, when a seller calls me, it always feels like they want their house on the market yesterday. And so if we have any suggestions about staging or 
you know, repairing something, you know, now they're kind of, you know, feel like we're losing time. And, and so when it comes to sellers, whether it's, you know, you're going to, if you're going to interview a couple agents, I'm like, I'm like a fan of do it a month or two or three before you're going to come on the market. And, you know, that way, if you're going to do some staging or you're going to do a little pre off market, you know, you know, pre-marketing strategy, like you're not under the gun. You have any comments on that? You know, everybody's moving is a big traumatic deal for everybody and everybody's got a different reason to do it. You know, I don't deal with that many clients that decide, well, let's pick up and move tomorrow for no reason. You know, they have something in their lives that's driving it and it's either they need a bigger house or a smaller house or they, you know, need a more expensive house or a less expensive house or, or a variety of reasons for moving and transferring their job or, they, you know, breaking up with a family. You know, there's, there's all those things. So you have to deal with clients on what their needs are. But in a perfect world, if you're given enough time, it is important because now to get to house on the market, it is important because now the most important thing is that first impression. That first impression used to be a lot with, you see a picture, maybe the outside house in the, in the, in the paper, but they go in their first impression would see the house and want the house staged and really special when they walk in. Now the first impression is usually online. And the first impression now, I use on all my properties a, a program called Matterport. And I wish everybody did, but it's a 3D interactive tour that people can go and look at the property from their phone or their desktop, wherever they're at, anywhere in the world. And they can take an a, a active tour through the house and use their mouse to walk around and look and do a 360 tour. It's an amazing tool. comes up with a floor plan as well so that people can kind of understand how the rooms orientate to one another. And it, it's kind of the, the last evolution of, you know, we started with little photos from different rooms all around and you can click on a photo and see the angle from that room. And now we've got this great technology that helps people see the houses online, as well as we do shoot videos and use drones and shoot, you know, the relationship to show where they are related to the golf course or the beach or the bay or different things like that. So it's, it's important to be able to have time to get all that photography together and get the marketing kind of package together so that when you do get the market, you have the real nice, you know, brochures as well as the, uh, the video and the other, um, tools that you can use to market it online as well. So that is a good idea to have as much time as possible, but like any, you know, like everybody, some people have a need to sell it within now. And if that comes up, uh, you need to come through the hoops and get that as quick as you can. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just, I get it. And, um, and even with the buyer side, you know, it's, it's common as you were, we were talking about earlier where it's like, Hey, these buyers, they have access to different websites and they can go, you know, wander into open houses without agents. So a lot of them sort of like to, do their homework and take their time before they really start officially working with a realtor. But even then my recommendation is if you're going to interview a few agents do so, you know, that way you can be, you can hire the right agent sort of by design other than just falling into, you know, the, some agent kind of by default, but so you can really begin to build your market knowledge. And then let's say they started working with you in February, instead of waiting till, you know, April or May or June, like there might be some other upcoming listings or things you know about that you can, you know, key them into, you know, but to me, I just find, especially for buyers, everyone's timeframe is a little different, but there's, it just takes a while to get educated and understand the market and understand your options for a buyer. So when the right home comes along, they're comfortable making the decision. You know, it's like, sometimes they got to see, you know, 15 junkie homes just to understand that that one they really like is their best option. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, then, and you're talking about what's really critical is building a relationship because 
you know, uh, the relationship of I end up having with my clients is well beyond just someone who's going to sell them something. It's not like I have a relationship with them and buy them, show them a few houses, sell them a house, and they were done. Um, 90% of the time, it seems like we become long-time friends and, and, you know, extended relationships in that regard because it's something that you've got to have a trust that the person that's helping you is not helping you just for their needs, but helping you more for your needs and, and putting my clients' needs or anybody, any broker putting their clients' needs first is the most critical aspect of being successful. I've been in the, I've been in the zone when I was back in Houston, I was selling commercial property where I needed to make deals. And if I didn't make a deal, you know, we wouldn't wonder where we're going to get our next payment for a mortgage or whatever. And, and, uh, there's a lot of stress and, and, and I got that stress coming to the top where I needed to make the deal more than I needed my client to get what he needed. And it was totally a, a train wreck and it didn't work at all until you get to where you get a point in your career where you can really put your client's needs well above yours. And if your, yours are not even a, a factor, uh, but trying to help your client do what's best for them. And if it means, you know, them deciding to rent something or them deciding to move some other place that I don't work, that's more important than it'll come back to me uh, around the table down the road. They'll, they'll have a friend that says, well, I had a guy in Coronado who sent me to uh, Imperial Beach because I knew I could get what I knew for it. He didn't work at Imperial Beach, but he hooked me up with someone who did. And, and that I think people come back later and say, well, that was really great. Appreciate you passing on that. And, you know, helping me get somebody who really knew that market better than me or, or, or whatever the case is. So it is. By going and, and meeting people at open houses is a good way to do it. Looking in your local papers and looking on the internet, seeing who has a strong market share. Um, that, you know, that's pretty indicative of the people who know what they're doing based on how much of the of the market, you know, they have a, a participation in how many deals they do and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's much more important now, I think, to have someone that helps you that really has been doing it a while and knows what they're doing. and and can give you information that you can't get on your own. And uh, I hope to be able to do that for a lot of people. And been yeah. doing it for a while. I don't know how much I do it, but I enjoy doing it. Well, and then just even a sort of little quick hack for buyers to be able to sort of investigate, so to speak, is Zillow. I mean, you can pull up agents on Zillow and look at not only reviews, but also past sales. And so you can see how active they are. I mean, I remember there was a client that was... Um, looking to sell a property out of town that was not in Las Vegas. And they had picked someone they thought was a good agent for the job. And I looked at their track record and it's like, I think they had sold two properties and all like, maybe they had helped a, a few buyers and sold one property as a listing agent. And I'm like, look, this person, you know, that's the kind of person that I, I still think it's better to have someone that's just full time in the trenches, knows the market, knows the inventory. I think you can get away with that a little bit more on the buyer's side, um, but especially when it comes to selling, I mean, you need someone that's got the firepower, like what you've got, and we do the same with the Matterport tours, the video, and it kind of just has this sort of full arsenal to bring to the table. Yeah, and also and also not just the, the do the marketing tools, but the marketing tools are important, the brochures and all that, that stuff, but then spending the money on the advertising. And if you're you know looking for a broker to help sell your property, you need to find someone who's going to put the money out there and, and put it in the paper every week, put it in the Dream Home magazines and the Premier magazines. We advertise in magazines in Arizona. And then I, I made the decision after 20, I guess 20 plus years of having Sun All Realty, uh, try, I tried to go get a, a franchise uh, of Sotheby's. Sotheby's International Realty was, 
kind of, I was selling all the high end stuff and the real top of the market stuff. And I thought it was the right fit for the clientele that I was dealing with. And, and, and Sotheby's really didn't want to hire me to have the franchise for San Diego because I didn't want to expand. I just, again, I worked in a little bitty 14 block or 14 block Island in Coronado. So they, they didn't, but they waited, you know, and a couple of years later, Brian Harrington got it, uh, the franchise for San Diego. And I, picked up the phone and called him and put a deal together in about 30 minutes uh, to be a Sotheby's broker here in Coronado. And, uh, and it, it gives me, or my, or my clients at least, a better exposure globally. And we don't do that many deals from you know, somebody over in Europe or somebody in China, but we do some in Mexico and, other, other, you know, and a lot of Canadians as well. And Sotheby's has that internet presence and that global marketing presence because of their marketing platform. It's not just the brand and the, affiliation with the um, with the auction house and the exclusiveness of that. It's really the marketing platform because they advertise so much in other, you know, newspapers, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, across the country. And uh, they have these relationships with these other media giants. Their website gets so much more traffic driven to it that, you know, twice as many people go to the website and stay on there twice as long. And they're the most affluent clientele. That, that do that. So it's a, it's a tool that at least my clients know that they can have their property shown on their website and through their marketing platform. And then the Sotheby ads we do locally, we do them kind of a, a big page, you know, multi, multi-section of the magazines as part of that. And then we reproduce those sections. We have an ad that goes out to all the little papers like we have in Coronado, the Coronado Eagle. We have that in all the other county, uh, around the county, other little cities and papers that we do that monthly. So we have these tools and, you know, everybody has access to the tools inside of these, but you got to go spend the money to do it. And if you do that though, and you can understand you have to do the money, spend the money first. You can't wait till you got a deal and start spending the money afterwards. You have to invest in it. Um, it's, it's at least if something doesn't sell, your client for sure knows it wasn't because it was lack of market. You know, the money was spent, the advertisers were out there that were probably shown in its best light with its, you know, best, photography you could possibly have and all the other things. And sometimes it just ends up it's overpriced or sometimes it just ends up it's, it's not a fit for that type of property. You know, we have some properties that need a special type of family because it's a big house or a lot of bedrooms or something like that. And it may be a little longer to find that, you know, 10 person family to make it, make it work for them. And some all, and you don't know, find all the people who want to live in a one bedroom or two bedroom house, you know? So. Yeah. Crazy. Well, no, I mean, you bring up a very good point, which is once again, when it comes to, the part-timers or, you know, people that aren't really all that active when it comes, I mean, when it comes time to sell a home, it costs money, you know, it, it costs serious money to get yeah. this marketing out there. And that's one of the things I see most agents in general, just not really reinvesting in their business and the marketing, so to speak. I mean, I see, of course, you know, they might sell a nice house and have a nice payday, but then they kind of take the money and run until something else might come along versus continuing to invest extensively in, in marketing their clients' properties, both locally, globally, et cetera. So, good point. Well, the, the industry has turned into a business. I mean, frankly, 30 years ago when I started, I thought of this business as something that was, or when I was growing up, I'm in the 60s now, 63 now, but when I was growing up, I thought of the residential real estate business as something that kind of what my friends' mothers did as a <laughs> hobby business. They weren't that's people that was my relationship to it. I didn't really see it as a profession, so to speak. And but over the last 30 years, it sure has evolved. I mean, it's become a serious profession and it's a business that people take 
as a full-time business to get up in the morning and go to work early and you know spend their weekends and work all the time and there's a lot of people that participate in this business with a lot of talent and a lot of expertise and knowledge and things like that and they do it and the level of expertise has risen in the real estate industry i think across the board and for people that are doing it full-time they, they approach it as a full-time business and and do bring something to the table i think it's it's kind of dis- disappointing or sad when some people get involved that don't really have anything to add but still participate because of relationships and that's still the case that's what it was a long time ago is whoever your best friend was or who you knew the most or i used to joke with going to a listing appointment it'd be whoever everybody knows five brokers so whoever they're going to be the most upset not listing it with was the one who got the list instead of the one who brought the best package or did the most business so so but it's a it's a great it's been a great business and a lot of fun to do it i i never intended to end up doing it but it's been a great run so to talk tactical for a minute, you've shared a bit about a lot of the print marketing you do in both locally and, and out of state. When it comes to uh, the online digital element, you know, you've got your 3D showcase, the Matterport tour, you do videos on occasion. Um, of course, California is, I think, a more of a global marketplace in Las Vegas. We do get some international buyers here, but I think California is, seems to be a little more of that place. Do you have any particular strategies that you can share with regards to your Video marketing or Matterport tours or websites, et cetera. You know, they get they pretty much get fed through the MLS to the to the uh, the, the litany of this massive group of, uh, of websites that pick them up that get it out there to the public in that way. But on top of that, we do have you know we're on the Dream Homes website, so people go to the magazine Dream Homes, look at Dream Homes where they're. We're on the Eagles websites and Coastal Property websites. All these other entities, all these other Print media advertisers have their own websites too. So the more you advertise in print, the more you get picked up in other websites as well. And then Sotheby's again has their website, which is I thought I couldn't compete with my Sun All Realty website. I was I had a bigger I had a bigger web presence than Caldwell Banker did 20 years ago in Coronado because I thought it could make me look bigger than than I was, and it did for a little while. To help. So you could do a lot more then, but now. With the with the websites, you know, being such it's being so spread out there, it's not really, you know, that critical to have more than what you do through the the normal course of business. And then again, again, I think Sotheby's website adds to adds to that. So, but the bigger issue is building networks of people who know you and trust you from the other places where people come. And through my relationships, not just Sotheby's brokers, but other brokers I work with from Arizona, we have a huge contingent of Arizona buyers here and people own homes here are from Arizona because it's so hot in summer. And we said a number of folks from Las Vegas as well. We've had, you know, a lot of people from there come and buy second homes here and their families virtually stay here during the summer and the husband goes back and forth and does work and they stay here in the cool and enjoy the beach. So it's kind of the same. So the relationships I've had with relationships with brokers in the other markets, again, through Sotheby's and otherwise, have also had added to it. Because I get a call and say, I got a friend who's Think about buying a property in Coronado, and you know, I know you can help them with you. We then might have to always pay with full fees and take care of them that way. But uh, it's just a, a, the relationship part of it still, I think, is important or more important than than anybody uh, gets credit for. As we wrap things up a bit, let's give one piece of advice for buyers out there, and then a separate piece of advice for sellers. So go ahead and start with whoever sure, you sure. want. Sure. So, so if I'm a buyer and I'm wanting to buy a property in Coronado. I want to first go do my homework and understand the differences in the market 
and get a little drug bill. But, you know, to, or getting with a broker to help you do that is real important. But you can drive around, you know, get a little sense of the island and the geography and the differences in the locations because it is a special place. And But you have a big difference from one street to the next in values. And so getting someone to help you understand that is really, really important. And then getting with somebody that will give you an overview of the history and where the market's gone and come from so you can have a knowledge of kind of what trend or what trend we may be on. I don't ever profess to know what the future's going to bring, but I can certainly help everybody with the history of Coronado real estate's been or what the market's done, and they can make their own decisions based on how they feel like the economy's going or whatever's going to drive the, the factor there. So I think it's... Uh, it is a great, I think it's important. I mean, I just want to get the information. Get somebody who's not going to push with you or, or try to make you do something you're not ready to do. They're not selling anything, but you'll help accommodate you when it is the right time. And then I think there also is kind of an advantage of having someone who has got a little experience or a lot of experience in doing a real estate deals. Because real estate deals are not all done just the same way. Every deal needs a little bit of tweaking one way or another, whether it's different financing terms or closing your things that you can add or take from a property or just uh, there's a huge, huge uh, variety of ways deals are structured. Having someone who can help you find a deal and put a deal together in a manner that works best for you, timing wise and also other things. And uh, and then there's a good advocate and a good, a good negotiator because there is a difference in a great negotiator and somebody who's just doing it for the first time. Uh, you learn over years of doing it and making mistakes, how to do it uh, better than the average. So, I think there's an advantage having someone who's got some experience in doing it and put a lot of deals together, and you can measure that by their their past you know past performance and their success. So I think that's critical for a buyer. So while we're on the buyer topic, you just you reminded me of two good points that I just want to add for buyers. And when you talked about first learn the area, um, something that comes to mind when people come to Las Vegas and they're originally considering maybe Las Vegas or Henderson or Lake Las Vegas. Um, to me, I recommend. Staying in a hotel on that particular part of town. So in Summerlin, there's you know the Red Rock Casino or the Sun Coast or the Element. You know in Henderson, there's Green Valley Ranch. There's because it's it can be a little frustrating to me because people they're not sure exactly what part of town they want to live on or live in. But when they come to right. Vegas, they just stay on the Strip. And I'm like, look, if you're moving here, you're gonna have plenty of time to go play on the Strip. I I feel it'd be more advantageous to sort of you know stay in those different parts and maybe get a little feel a flavor for the neighborhood and the restaurants. And then um, the second thing that you brought up when you're just talking about the strategy and structuring deals, I feel a lot of times buyers might be a little reluctant in the beginning to sort of sit down and actually meet or talk with a broker. They're just sort of really just worried about finding the right property, whether they're searching websites or going to open houses. And even if they're talking to brokers, they're just, well, send me, send me homes. But sometimes I feel they can be a little averse to just sitting down and having a conversation and not realizing that discussing that strategy can can be really important because hey if it's las vegas if you might think you don't plan to move for another six to eight months but if you're going to consider new construction that could take six to eight months so we need to be looking today or you know especially yeah and it's and especially in las vegas a lot of these guard gated communities that we focus in are actually still semi-custom homes where you know for example, Red Rock Country Club was built by Sunrise Colony, who also did PGA West and Palm Springs. And so there are some full custom homes in there, but the majority of those 1,100 homes, there's a recurring floor plans. There's the Acacias, there's the Palo Verdes, there's the Ocotillos. 
So if we start looking now, we can strategize and find the right neighborhood and maybe even the right floor plan. So in the beginning, I might tell people, hey, forget if you don't like the this location on the street or the feng shui at the end of the cul-de-sac or the purple paint, you know, purple cabinets or something. Let's just go look and have the strategy. So I guess my point here is really just the sooner you can find someone you can sit down with, have a relationship with and formulate a game plan together, I think the more successful your, you know, better results are going to be. Yeah, you're dead on. I think that the more education someone can get, the more uh, uh, time they can spend in a market and understand what it's like and different different variables in, in Coronado, the different locations around the island, as well as differences in the caves and the village and the shores, the better off they're going to be. And so they have something that when it comes time to make the deal, they have confidence in what they're doing. And if they don't have confidence, it's hard to put a deal together if you're not sure, you know, and so you got to really be committed and unsure usually the biggest expense anybody's ever making in their life, you know, is buying their house. And so and it's important to have that level of confidence and to build that relationship with someone who's kind of helping you or guiding you, getting you more information so that you have that information to be able to make a decision. So to perfect sellers, one piece of advice. Sellers. Sellers is important to find someone again, who will, who will highlight, you know, show, showcase your property in the best possible way it can be showcased with the print media as well as the internet media and the photography and the brochures and all the other aspects we can do there. And someone also, I think, who has a good rapport with the brokerage community that has relationships with brokers from all over the San Diego, in, this, in my case, and as well as other parts of, like I said, Las Vegas and Arizona and other parts of markets as well. Um, because they'll, they'll have people calling to see what I've got and see what I know of coming up on the market. So having the relationship with someone who will advertise and spend the money and built a, a reputation on doing that um, is important for the seller. Uh, the seller's property will be exposed irregardless, but just not to the level that the, the top brokers can, can expose it. And then in the same breath, the sellers, if they've got an agent working for them, or I think it's usually, it's a great idea to have an advocate uh, uh, intermediary in any negotiation from a seller trying to sell them to sell. Uh, we don't see hardly any for sale by owners in this market. I guess they've learned over the years that it's more of a, it's, there is an advantage to having a broker in there. And even if it's a broker who's just representing you and, the, and another, you have a buyer to come in, help y'all put the deal together. We have a lot of that as well. I work on a lot of deals where I've got a seller, a seller calling me and say, I know somebody who wants to buy my house. Can you help me? And we do we help them in that regard too. So um, it's uh, someone who knows that you can trust. Make sure that all the disclosures are done. California's relatively litigious place. and Make sure that you know that you can get through the escrow and closing without anybody uh, going sideways or having a problem and coming back later and suing. You know, I've done I can't remember how many it's over five hundred deals here on the island and you know close to a billion dollars in been sued. So it's uh it's important to have someone that understands the legal aspects of the transaction and what's necessary to, to be able to make you allow to transfer the property with without any liability and looking over your shoulder and things like that. So um it's you know, someone who's got, got experience doing it. Fantastic. So if someone's interested in buying or selling in Coronado, California, what's the best way for them to reach you? Best way is call me on my cell. Unfortunately, my wife uh, doesn't like it that much, but I answered about 24-7. So my cell phone is 619-987-9797. And my uh, website and email, you can reach it. My name's Scott at Scott Ulrich, A-U-R-I-C-H.com. And uh, my website gives you a little bit of information on Coronado and the history of my business and, and what we have currently for sale. 
So Scott at scottalrick.com works and, uh, and I appreciate you having me on your show. Thanks for listening to Luxury Real Estate Talk with Rob Jensen. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends and colleagues and give us some stars. We would love to hear your feedback. Connect with Rob at robjensen.com.